It's a final word daily with Adam Collins and Daniel Norcross for the advanced hair studio, the world leaders in hair restoration. Second test match, second day at Manchester and the second day on the trot where England have taken the honours and they did it in style. Daniel, tell us about it in 30 seconds. Well, if you can have a traditional cricket going at 3.89 runs and over, that was sort of what England were doing. But a masterclass from Ben Stokes and Ben Folks. Easy for you to say. Put on a Partnership of 173, a record for the sixth wicket for England at Old Trafford. And they ground South Africa into the dust, something that they haven't done really to any team for a long time. And they, for the second time this summer, only the second time, faced a second new ball. But even with a lead of 264, these are gritty South Africans. They don't roll around uh, and, and, and run away. They stuck at it and they haven't lost a wicket in nine overs at night. So they have got some uh, two days to bat in order to save the game. Or win it. Nicely. Yeah, let's go through the numbers there, shall we? So 415 for nine declared in 107 overs for England. The lead on the first innings of 264. The visitors are 23 without loss after nine overs at stumps. They trail by 241. The all-important man, the captain, Dean Elgar, is still there on 11. Ben Folks, uh, his second Test 100, his first at home. He spoke after play on Sky Cricket, Daniel, and I'm sure he did on the BBC when you spoke to him as well about how it meant more to him. I mean, the fairy tale on debut is one thing, but knowing what it is to experience adversity as a Test cricketer, as he has in and out of the team, the torn hamstring last year when he was certain to play, um, the COVID case even this year when he was in the 11 and, and going pretty well, to get back, that crowd today as well looked outstanding standing at Manchester, the, the temporary, permanent, temporary stand on the eastern side of the ground was heaving and he took England from, well, they were behind when he and Stokes came together and they were 167 ahead when, when Stokes departed. It was a brilliant partnership. It was, it was very, very good. So 147 for five. Uh, South mm. Africa were right back in it. And Norkia was bowling serious heat. Rabada was just being brilliant. I mean, he's got so much stamina for a guy that we wondered if he was even going to play in the first test because of injury. And they just nullified South Africa. They did what um, lots of sages have been begging them to do throughout this summer, which is to, uh, to dig in and wait for the ball to get a bit older, 45, 50 overs old. But actually, you know, they haven't been quite in this position before uh, they, mm. they very much played to the circumstances and they played the circumstances very very well the South African spinners were accurate and tidy and indeed Maharaj got a few to turn really quite extravagantly early on in the partnership yep. had Ben folks given out and then overturned on review because it actually pitched from round the wicket outside leg and was missing off so that tells you just how far it was turning but the longer they kept the South Africans in the field, then they could actually start to, to loosen their shoulders. And Ben Folks was the one who started it, actually. Uh, ben Folks was the one who started it. He, he kind of got the impetus into the partnership. Stokes was a little bit becalmed to start with. And it was Folks that was very busy. He was getting singles here, twos there. It wasn't many boundaries, very few boundaries scored. It was like the antithesis of how we've seen England bat so far, especially when chasing. Uh, and so it was kind of refreshing old style test cricket. And it was really absorbing because as I, I, I spoke to Ben folks at the end of the day's play myself, and he wanted to remind me that just what a quality attack this South African attack is. You know, they've got a left arm sure. spinner, they've got Simon Harmer, the off spinner, they've got the serious pace of Norkia. The first 11 overs today, um, Norkia was averaging 89 miles an hour and Rabada was averaging some 87 miles an hour. So that's one of the yeah. fastest hours of cricket played in England, I would think, that, that I've ever witnessed. You know, I've, I've seen one bowler bowling at Norkia's pace and another little bit slower. I was thinking maybe Cummins and Stark 
you know, Hazelwood could get it up to, to that level. But for the, sus the sustained um, just pace and hostility, while South Africa were really not just in it, they were in danger of, you know, taking a grip on the game when they got those, those two wickets, when they got yeah. Bairstow and Crawley out. Yeah, I think that's right. And look, it's probably the big strategic decision that, that Dean Elgar got wrong today, or tactical decision perhaps, where after lunch he bowled the spinners for, I think it was 13 overs in tandem. And I know they bowled well, but it meant that Nokia was held back a long time. They had a stat on television that 90 runs were scored between Nokia's spells. As for Abada, he didn't get a, he didn't get an opportunity in the middle session until there was 25 minutes to go as they took the second new ball. So I know they picked two spinners for a reason and they did a good job, but it felt like with Stuart brought at eight, um, there is an opportunity mm. there. They take one wicket after the break and, you know, cliche hackneyed as it is, you want your best quicks on after an interval like that. That point was also made on the broadcast that how can you leave out Nokia and Rabada for that long given how quickly they bowled before the break? The ball to Besto absolutely hummed off the outside edge it was a really good take at first slip and a brilliant delivery to get rid of Crawley who faced 101 deliveries for his 38 and that's fine like he's going to get a ball like that you could say that in theory he could leave it but can you really leave a ball from Anrik Nokia on the fourth stump line uh, after we've seen balls clatter into off stump that have jagged back off the seam from him fairly regularly in this series so far I mean of course you can't so that happens that's cricket but yeah at that point with two quick wickets in two consecutive Nokia overs they were already into their work a little bit before lunch felt like folks and just on folks mm. and stokes's partnership by the way folks reached the 40s first he was on 41 yep. when stokes was on 37 so it was a well-paced innings from the captain his documentary was actually released today um a whole round of interviews he did were in the papers. Some of them were on the, on the front of the paper today. So, I mean, what better advertisement to go out and make his 12th test ton, his first as captain. But the way he was able to add that scoreboard pressure to the fact that they'd taken a lot of overs out of the legs of the South African bowlers, it was so well paced by Stokes, who hit Harmer for a couple of big sixes, another one down the ground later as well off. I think it was in Geedy, but more often than not, he was allowing folks in the, in the formative stages of the partnership to bat with him. They, they weren't trying to get away from South Africa. Um, they were playing the game on its merits, which you could say is baseball too. I mean, I hate that mm. term, but you know, that is also aggressive, assertive cricket. It's playing on your own terms. It's not being dictated to, and, and they did that so well either side of lunch. They really did. And uh, I mean, I agree with everything you said. And just to amplify the, the Elgar captaincy decision that was a little bit strange was that, of course, by bringing on Norkia, and it's what, 56 overs or so, had, they, had he brought him on straight after lunch, he could have had a four over spell, then he'd have the spinners, yeah. then he can come back fresh That's for the right. new ball. Instead, what happened was that they brought him on later. And then he wasn't fresh for the second new ball, and a whole load of overs passed. We came on for he came on for over seventy, which meant that when they get to over eighty, they had. Yeah. I mean, I suppose it was their plan to go to Rabada and Ngidi, but yeah, they kind of they, they they waited so long. I suppose I suppose they want a reverse swing, which uh, Nokia was generating uh, early in the day. That was a little bit of reverse, or so it looks. But yeah, it felt like a captain that just kind of got his calculations wrong, and it was left wanting. Maybe as far back as the selection table. Time again, Jansen's playing surely. Yes, I think so. I think they did miss him a bit, actually. Um, yeah. because the swing that he can get and the reverse swing, because it's very dry out there. So the ball is yeah. it was starting to reverse at, at some stages. And I think they could have done with that and done, done with a little bit of variety because it, they have got variety in their attack. It's just they just needed something a bit extra to break that partnership. But I think we've just got to praise the tenacity 
of Stokes and Folks. I think it comes more easily to Folks, actually. I mean, thinking about his other significant innings this summer, that was at Lords in the first test yep. when he shepherded Root over the line at Lords, and uh, it went very a very modest pace then, thirty odd of ninety balls. Uh, and I think also we've got to give a bit of credit earlier in the innings because we keep on banging on about trying to get that ball 40 overs old well Crawley especially in tandem with Bairstow really dug in and although you know he got 38 it wasn't very attractive to watch but he faced 101 balls and so by the time that six wicket partnership started we were into the 36th over and I think they could they could sort of see light at the end of the tunnel. They've talked about it in the camp, you know, uh, Stuart Broad talking yesterday about how rubbish the balls are once it gets 40 overs old. That will be common chat. So if you're out there batting, if you're Ben Folks, you're thinking, yeah, he's right, 40 overs, it's just four overs away. It gives you that incentive to dig in and then you yeah. know it's not quite 40, it's, you know, and then dig in for the next 10 and then you hope that you can cash in. Whereas, you know, it's a little bit more tricky when you're coming in in the 10th, 12th over and the ball's peeing around past your nose. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they did put on 93 as well, it's worth noting. I mean, they had the deficit down to 17 by the time they lost their, the fourth wicket, Bairstow making 49 of those from 62 balls. So they were contrasting innings, but they both did exactly what they needed to do in the circumstances. Uh, in terms of the way that Stokes batted, to drill down on that a little bit more, Daniel, I mentioned before, it's his first test ton as captain. It was as though it was foretold, wasn't it? There was one chance on 92 uh, when he was dropped at cover, a diving effort from Markram. I think that was the first over of the second new ball, but by that stage... All the hard work was done with he and folks in that massive partnership. And I think it was a leg before decision that went the other way. He was given out on the field and it was overturned by an inside edge when he was 72. But again, that was deep mm. into their partnership after they'd done a lot of the hard yards. It felt today as though Stokes, the moment he walked out there, he was just going to, he was rusted on for a ton. And so it was. Yeah, it did feel like that. And actually, one of the things that, that I don't know whether it contributed or not, but if you think about the other innings he played where, again, he was a bit more contained and didn't go charging at the bowling this year, that would be at Trent Bridge when he jarred his knee. Yes. And he then sort of had to play a little bit more conservatively, it felt. When he jarred his knee again today, did it just before 12 o'clock. They had the drinks That's break right, at 12. Yeah. And, uh, and so he'd only been out there quite briefly because, you know, the first two wickets hung around for a little while. And I wonder if that actually dictated the pace of his play to start with. So he wasn't able to take quite the same risk because he had a bit of a mobility issue for a while. And it sort of forced him into taking a bit more of his time. I don't know. Uh, it could just be coincidence. But it, it sort of made the whole thing feel a lot less frenetic. And then, you know, first 50 and 101 balls. And the next fifty in you know sixty odd. It was uh, it was mm. it was really impressive stuff. It was beautifully paced innings. It was exactly what you want to do when you bowled a side out for one hundred and fifty one. I mean, if you could write the mm. script, it would be yeah, grind them into the dust. Long partnership, keep their bowlers out there for a long time, um, and have a little dart at the uh, opposition in the last hour. And that's yeah, exactly what they're able to do. I mean, everything, yeah. every every box was ticked. Yeah, that's right. It's almost exactly what South Africa were able to do to England last week, yep. which does give England an opportunity to, to win this Test match in three days in the way that the Proteas were able to last week for South Africa. Ngidi only bowled 18 overs, one for 61. Rabada, two for 110 from his 23. Got whacked a little bit at the end. Nokia, uh, three for 82 from 20. Just one maiden, but he's not there to bowl maidens and three wickets for the spinners between them, two for Maharaj, 
and one for Harmer. Some useful partnerships down the list. Stuart Broad uh, came on and uh, whacked, well, he whacked 21 from 14 balls, but a partnership of 41 in five overs between he and Folks. And Folks and Robinson put on 34 in eight overs. And even Leach played a role, hitting 11 with Folks. They put on 20 in four overs. So it wasn't the tail per se, but the lower middle order that, you know, we talk about England having a long tail. It helps when the, the opposition have had a long day already. That extra sort of 80 or 90 runs in about, you know, an hour or so uh, meant that England were in a position to declare and to get that crack tonight. And, and while it hasn't paid off, uh, Anderson looked good beating the bat, hitting the pads. They have burnt one review, but, um, you know, you'd expect that tomorrow that, you know, with a fair breeze at their back and, and good conditions as it might well be, as it was, it's meant to be cloudy tomorrow as it was on day one. It should suit Anderson, Broad and Robinson once again. Yes, it might do. I mean, one caveat to that is Ben Folks said at the close of play that the pitch has got a bit slower, uh, a little bit lower, a bit a bit dustier. He likened it to a sort of uh, subcontinent pitch. And people often say that about Old oh, Trafford. Right. It's so bizarre. You know, you're in Manchester uh, where it rains so much. You'd <laughs> think it would be green seamers. But the soil's not like that. And uh, once it get, it can get dry quickly and it can get drier. So, look, you saw the way Stokes turned to leech really early on. Anderson, he bowled two overs. And you know, he beat the bat a couple yeah. of times. Had a good couple of good LBW shots. But that didn't stop Stokes going um, for leech. And it also, interestingly... It was Leach bowling at Anderson's end and Robinson bowled four over straight. And I th what I sense is it's very much to me like the, a test match played in 2006 where Monty Panesar and Steve Harmison took five wickets each because it, it, it assists the spinners because there's, there's grip in there, as we, we've seen today from Maharaj and to an extent Harmer, but also for the tall bowler that bangs it in there. So that's that little bit of unevenness. It's an uncertain bounce. And Robinson comes, as we know, from the second greatest height in world cricket. His release point is just below that of Carl Jamieson's. And I think Stokes had got his options right there. Those are the two bowlers that he thinks are going to do the damage in a sort of Harmison-Panasar kind of way. I know Robinson's not as quick, but actually his pace was up again today, 86 miles an hour. Mm, so I think that's going to be the template they're going to use. Um, I imagine Anderson would start off on, under cloudy skies, but Leach is going to be asked to do a lot of bowling. And... You know, he got a bit of turn and he, he caused a few problems for the left-handers. For the right-handers, he could be a handful. All right, let's leave the day's play there and move to the Final Word Hall of Fame. The Final Word Hall of Fame is brought to you by the Advanced Hair Studio, the world leaders in hair restoration. One million people, Daniel, have been through the doors across 30 years. 100% satisfaction guarantee. AdvancedHairStudio.com forward slash final word for your 15% discount and Daniel despite the fact that we dismissed you as a TV talent because of your lack of hair earlier in the summer that's where you've been over the last two days you're on the BBC television coverage I think I know the way to keep you there next year in the close season we'll get your hair done what do you say well they might actually let me be in vision then won't they I mean they're, they're, <laughs> they're very they're very scared of the camera getting on me I mean you know the BBC's <laughs> try to attract a younger audience and the, and the sight of this is obviously petrifying so I mean you can understand that you can genuinely understand that. Uh, but I think, yeah, if I could just weave in a bit more hair, then it, it might encourage my bosses to uh, give me greater prominence. Give me the limelight. I just want to sing, Colo. I just want to sing. <laughs> we need to get you on Strictly as well. Maybe this will be the catalyst. We'll get you yeah. the discount. Advancedstudio.com forward slash final word. Rach and I were, were watching one of the, well, I wasn't really watching, but she was watching one of the, the celebrity cooking shows on, on, on the national broadcaster last night. And we were speculating what level of celebrity you need to be to get on there. And I said, I reckon, I reckon Daniel could you know, do it. He's on Test Match Special quite routinely. And she was debating this, not quite knowing where that, where that sat in terms of celebrity status and so on and 
maybe the missing ingredient, as it were, to get on Celebrity Bake Off or Celebrity MasterChef or whatever it is, is getting your hair done. We'll see. Final Word gets you a 15% discount at vastestudio.com forward slash final word. We'll do it in the off season. Uh, my nomination for today, Daniel, and I bet it's going to be yours as well because you love a sequence. Stuart Broad, today, he's scoring shots. Do you know what I'm about to, do you know what I'm about to say? Did Andy uh, Zoltzman tell you this? No, but I've got an idea. Go ahead. One, two, three, four, six. That's how Stuart Broad started his oh. uh, started his scoring today, which uh, yeah, Fibonacci sequence stuff right there, or something like that. Um, he he missed the five, um, but um, that, that's yeah. that's that, that's right in your swinging arc, mate. Oh, that is absolutely beautiful, isn't it? It can't be done that often, actually. One, two, no. three, four, six in in order. Well, look, I'm going to give you that, but I'm going to give you another nomination. Uh, because this was one of the most extraordinary shots I've ever witnessed, and it was played by okay. Jack Leach. Um, so he's yep. been encouraged to be very positive. People got the wrong idea about Jack Leach. He should definitely be batting at least at nine. He's a proper batter. I love him. Um, so he's got Maharaj, I believe it is, bowling to him. Uh, no, no, I beg your pardon. It'll be, be Harmer, won't it? And so he's decided that he's going to, uh, because he's got a packed leg side field, he's going to play the reverse thwack reverse slog sweep which he does and he hits it over deep mid wicket there was nobody out there he that was like batting like a proper one day bat he's looking around going where are my mm. scoring options he found the scoring option and and it was jack leach doing it and it was beautiful there was a general laughter uh, gaiety and surprise in all commentary boxes so that's my nomination more power to you, Jack Leach. More power to you. Daniel Norcross, as you pick up your commentary again tomorrow, we'll pick up the final word daily tomorrow night as well. It's all for the advancedhairstudio.com forward slash final word for your 15% discount. Thanks for the support of our daily shows throughout the course of the summer. And if you really like what we do, patreon.com forward slash the final word. You can get involved in story time, which will come up on your feed tomorrow as well. Jeff and I spent more than two hours on story time this week, Daniel. It might have broke our record. I think we host, <laughs> we have the record for the longest story time and Jeff and I have given a, a red hot go before. Uh, he goes out to the desert to Burning Man where he is for the next three weeks. Okay, Stumps at Manchester with the visitors. 23 without loss in their second inning. So I trailed by 241. We'll do it all again tomorrow night. Good night. So you know what I meant here. I had to go about